Hello and welcome to the Moving Curve. I'm Rukmini, a data journalist based in Chennai. Twice a week on this mini cast, I consider one question around the novel coronavirus epidemic in India. Tonight I'm considering this one. What's it like doing research in a pandemic? It's day 197 of the novel coronavirus epidemic in India. and we are reporting 2396637 cases with 47033 deaths on sunday i spoke to professors ullas kolthur and sandeep juneja of the tata institute of fundamental research in mumbai the scientists who led the mumbai sero survey that found that sars cov2 antibody prevalence was at 51 to 58% in the slum areas of three sampled wards in the city and at 11 to 17% in the non-slum areas in that episode we talked about some of the statistical choices and what they meant for our understanding of the disease in tonight's episode i wanted to ask them a little bit more about the process of conducting the survey here's me speaking to professor ullas kolthur the sero surveys that i've seen um, in india in the past um, the dengue sero survey in 2019 is the one that i looked at more closely um were all after you know a disease had been known of for some time so in a sense what you are doing is quite pioneering which is to go in and do a sero survey while the outbreak is in full swing uh that must be quite unusual you're right i mean you know there are uh... many ways when uh, there are time points at which sero surveys have to be done and many other surveys surveys have been done after the disease of has come and gone um the the sero survey that is being done here and probably elsewhere in the world for covid actually is important to be done when the disease is happening because you would like to understand how the infection spread happens right. now um because unlike a dengue which is a vector borne disease here you are looking at a human to human transmission of course it brings in its own challenges because people are afraid uh, to step out uh, contribute give their blood uh, sample so we had to face a lot of challenging uh, you know uh, things uh, it was not easy um, so yeah in that sense yes it is unusual so the concerns were actually um, uh, Uh, i mean you can actually classify them into the concerns that were there in the slums mm-hmm. slightly dis- different from the concerns that were there in the non slums mm-hmm. in the slums the concern was largely associated with uh, what if i turn out to be positive will i be quarantined right uh, because i think the fear there is uh, to uh, uh, you know where people are taken away from homes and put in an isolation facility uh many of them i mean uh, could even uh, be worried about livelihoods and stuff like that so uh, it's a different concern in a slum right in a non slum um the thing was most of the high rises as you will believe in most of the cities uh, here and elsewhere uh, they were extremely protected right, right. Uh, they took all the precautionary measures so the concerns in the non slums were what if i allow uh, um you know somebody from outside to come and take my sample will i now be infected what this does is it immediately affects what a survey can and cannot ask i asked them if the survey had gathered any further information about symptoms here's what professor kulthur had to say with professor juneja chipping in at the end with due respect people are generally not very uh, we don't have too many public health surveys that happen right so uh, 
the authenticity of information, particularly with respect to symptoms and the recall bias. Uh, you know, we were worried about that. And uh, therefore, we didn't want to ask because, and also there was this thing about if we had for, asked for symptoms, possibly people would have feared quarantine. Mm-hmm. Right? right. So, uh, because there was, there's always been associated with, you know, okay, suppose if I have symptoms, will I be quarantined? So given that, we didn't ask that, but um, we're kind of probably trying to get around that issue and then get some idea on symptoms in the second round. We're going to do a second round starting in, like, actually next Monday, coming Monday. Because you've taken a view that now, you know, uh, now that people know that this survey, what it does, and there's no fear of quarantining. quarantining. So, so I think now we are going to ask a little bit more. That was my cue to ask what the next round was going to look at. And I was surprised to know that they're going back to the same areas. But it made sense from the point of view of what exactly the survey was trying to measure. Here's Professor Juneja. One of our concerns, for example, is how are the antibodies decreasing over time? Other concern is how is the infection increasing over time? So our intent was to measure this trend. You know, in some sense, we are kind of policy-driven. We want to draw conclusions about, okay, how close are we to herd immunity? So for that purpose, we are going to keep it apples to apples. So we are going to go to the same wards, same uh, buildings. We will try to avoid the same people, but otherwise we'll be sampling similar. And here's Professor Kulthur elaborating on the same issue. From that survey, a subs, you know, a small cohort of people will be selected for a follow-up study, which is a case cohort study, okay. to ask how long does the antibody last in these people. Okay, I see. And that's going to be very important. Uh, okay. So, so that means we'll have a second survey, which is exactly more or less a, a mirror image of the first one, mm-hmm. except that it'll be a, again a random population. Right. And then the positives from that study will be used for. Assessing how long does the antibody persist? There's a lot that we don't yet know about the disease, particularly as it plays out in India. And such locally gathered information will be vital. Thank you for listening. This episode was edited by Anand Krishnamurti. On Sunday, a new question. <laughs>